Welcome to the Up and Smoke Football Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Stopsky. Thanks again for uh, for tuning in, for joining us. It's officially the offseason. I know they say the offseason happens after the Super Bowl, but that that's not true. When the Super Bowl ends, it's free agent season, it's draft season, It's there's still a lot going on. Today, when I'm recording this Monday, uh, it is now officially the off season. There will not be a ton of news from you know now until until really training camp. Uh, we did have some news today, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, I have a great guest on in the middle of the show, Charlie Campbell of WalterFootball.com, talking about uh, the NFL draft, talking about um, the the QB position. Just they slid, and uh, we'll we'll get into that as well. Also, what. Uh, what do you thought of the Trayvon Walker pick and, and how that all unfolded? Um, honestly, if you listen to the podcast on Tuesday, you heard me talk about Aiden Hutchinson going first overall and, and then Walker going second overall. By Thursday, I had changed that. I said I was going to do only one mock draft. I lied. I did like seven. Uh, but I only did one and, and published it in audio form. I did release another uh, on Twitter, and that had Trayvon Walker going first because, man, it just seems that none of the info is is that solid until Thursday morning of draft day. So, listen, I was pretty lucky. I, I got uh, the first nine teams. I got their nine picks right-ish. I, I had Thibodeau and Neil swap for the Giants, uh, five seven, but everything else was there. So. You know, I guess I'm as good as Chris Angel, which, by the way, if you're watching the ESPN broadcast, man, that was that was not good. Um, nothing against them or anything. I understand they have to make it a uh, an entertaining broadcast, but at a certain point, they were behind like two to three picks, and uh, I asked my buddy who I was watching the draft with to uh, switch over to PFF, which is where I finished the rest of the draft night out. Um it, it seems we we still don't have like a like a nice balance of uh, pick analysis and entertainment yet. When it comes to the draft, it seems that, that now it's just all entertainment, and the entertainment's really not even that entertaining. So, but then again, I'm just an old man, so you know, fuck it. Uh, so this is gonna be an interesting podcast. Uh, I did a hit before for Shakes Montana, talked about the New York Giants draft. Uh, I've been drinking since then, so this will be a fun one. Um, we'll see if any of these uh, you know, notes make sense in about 30 minutes. But where we will start tonight is the breaking news. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, is now suspended, I believe, for six games. I need to double-check that. It's either six or four. Um, look at me knowing this already off the bat. Um but as I check that, this is a massive deal for Arizona. Um, I know they're deep at receiver, but we spoke about this. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. And I just, uh, man, I, I was going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, but I just got this across my phone right now. The uh, New York Giants fired Chris Pettit. The director uh, of college scouting just got a, a call from a buddy of mine. It's rough, man. You know, there's a lot of talk about Black Monday when it comes to uh, 
NFL coaches. But for for player personnel people, Black Monday is is today. This is when all of the um, personnel guys who are on staffs that were left over from a previous GM uh, start start getting their papers that they're not being brought back, and it's a real shame. You know, the Giants had a great draft uh, this past draft with Thibodeau with uh, Evan Neal, and and they got some really good uh, value later on. I think they're gonna. I think they added at least four to five either starters or, or, or fringe-level players. So, a hell of a job by them. So, you know, it sucks. I know a lot of people wanted Chris gone. I, I was not one of those people. Um, but, no, these are these are real people. And uh, and and no lives that has been flipped upside down. So, I'm pouring out for, for him, man. That, that sucks. That sucks for anyone who loses their job today. So, um uh, my my apologies for kind of breaking breaking my train of thought there, but uh, let's talk about Hopkins real quick. So Hopkins is is suspended for six games. I think uh, Adam Schefter is the one that tweeted it out. Um, last year, before Hopkins was hurt, Arizona was fourth, I believe, in EPA per play. After Hopkins was hurt. They dropped to 18th. They are now going to start the season with him not available. Obviously, the season ended terribly for Arizona last year. It, the, the playoff loss was disgusting. Uh, and then all of the news about you know, Kyler came out and he's taken Arizona off his Instagram. Uh, are they going to keep Kyler Murray? Are they going to ship Kyler Murray? They're going to go right from that into a the first six-game stretch in a highly competitive NFC West without their best player and really the guy who makes the offense move. This could be this, – this is, this is really terrible for Arizona. Um, this would be rough for any team, but for a team that is competing with the Rams who just won a Super Bowl, the Niners – uh, who were in, who are just always very good, even though I I think they're going to start falling off a little bit. Now they were just in the the conference championship a year ago, um, and the sea the Seahawks are are kind of bad, so they'll be all right with the Seahawks. But overall, it's still a, that's a tough division to to be going through this with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so I I. Oof. I do not know how Arizona is going to look next year. I'm sure anyone who took the under uh, on Arizona is is very happy at the moment. And then the other piece of news, uh, Tyron Matthew signing with the New Orleans Saints uh, after the Saints failed to get a safety in the draft. Um, you know, Tyron Matthew is just one of the most versatile players uh, in the NFL, playing slot, playing safety. Yeah, he's going to make... Tom Brady's life hell uh, when he plays him. So the Saints are going to be uh, be an interesting one next year. Hopefully, Jameis can stay healthy. I would love to see Jameis play a full year for New Orleans and, and see how that how that goes. And then, yeah, you know, the following year for for New Orleans, we'll, we'll see what they do. The another kind of in, in cap hell right now, but this is still uh, still impressive. 
their trade for Olave, though, and I, I saw Austin Gale uh, talk about this. He, I think he tweeted it out. Um, let me see if I can find the exact tweet. It was a, the Saints traded uh, 98-101, 120, a 2023 first rounder, and a 2024 second rounder for Chris Olave, uh, essentially. That is a ton of capital for a trade-up for a non-quarterback. Uh, it's honestly, it's, it's honestly too much. Now, I'm I'm not a a big believer in um, killing teams for for trading away their day three picks to move up or, or anything like that. Uh, day three picks to me are you know I know the, the PFF guys say um, you know it's 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 a bullet and a gun. You want as many bullets as possible to just to keep shooting and, and trying to uh, and, and trying to hit on these guys, but the percentage of a guy uh, working out goes down significantly from round to round, pick to pick. Once you get into the fourth round, fifth, especially the fifth round, it, the, the chances are so low. So moving your way into a top 100, top 120 pick uh, is, is a good move. Uh, it's just, you know, with this, you know, that that's a lot of picks for, for Olave, uh, for, again, for a receiver. All right, I've, I've rambled on enough here. Uh, let me bring in Charlie Campbell. Charlie is a, a very good friend of mine. I used to read his work well before I ever got into the business. Uh, and the, the funny thing was, one of the one of my best friends in this business, uh, I found out that he read his stuff. And, and, and as I got uh, more entrenched in the business, uh, I, I started to realize how, how connected Charlie is uh, and how people trust his work. Uh, he is, in my opinion, the absolute best mock drafter uh, on the internet because he does not draft with his thoughts in mind. He drafts and puts his mock drafts together, understanding what teams are going to do. So, without further ado, my very good friend, Charlie Campbell. All right, Charlie, let's start with. Uh, the number one pick, Trayvon Walker. Now, it seemed like, unlike any draft I can remember, the media was super late to this pick. Now, you're pretty dialed in. How far in advance did you kind of have an idea that Trayvon Walker was going to be in the top two picks? Um. Well, I would say I have to look it up, but early in the year, I wrote a blog about how teams were projecting him high in the first round. But uh, as far as him going number one overall, that really, that I caught wind of a little bit after the combine. So um, you're right, it typically the number one overall pick is kind of, you know, the, the one or two names for that are pretty apparent by the end of the season. Um, but this year, without there being top quarterbacks and without this draft kind of having guys like Kyle Pitts or uh, Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, you know, it was kind of more open for debate uh, and kind of further along in the process before the, the kind of top guys were firmly established. Interesting. So, uh, I, I made a mock draft like Tuesday before 
uh, of, of draft week. Uh, I then remade it on Thursday because it seemed like so much changed in in that two day window. I know, you know Walt has you pumping out mock drafts like you no, know, like cooks are pumping out like fries at McDonald's. It's just all the time, every day. Uh, I know you had Aiden Hutchinson at the top for a bit, and then changed to Walker. I saw a lot of people do that. They were kind of going back and forth. When you have to make that many mock drafts, do you have to change picks? Like, j- even though you may say, like, oh, that's, maybe that won't happen, but I have to release something different today because I have a new one releasing tomorrow? Uh, or is it just like really you're getting new information every day and it's just constantly updating? Um, well, yeah, typically uh, I don't try and do novelty picks at all or just for the sake of changing up. I just want to be as accurate as possible in the moment. And the draft is a, you know, evolving process and players get and, uh, you know, momentum up or down uh, at different points of the process. So there's enough changing, uh, you know, outside of my own creativity or projection uh, to kind of keep me on my toes. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, that in the week of the draft, we update it daily as information comes out. But otherwise, I'm doing them, you know, once a week, pretty much year round. And then a few weeks, there might be some uh, special instances like with a trade uh, where I update it immediately, like, say, the Tyreek Hill trade, for example. Um, or, uh, you know, at the end of the season, uh, as the end of the regular season, do some other, uh, create, you know, quick updates and stuff. So, uh, we're, it's just following the process really. So that, that Thursday, the day of the draft, by that point, do you feel like most of the people that are really dialed in have a pretty good understanding? Because I, I feel like by Thursday, everyone had kind of come to the understanding like, all right, this is going to be Walker. Like, honestly, I, I had the first nine picks to the, the, the players' team combination, right? Now, you had one of the most accurate mock drafts, which, again, not surprising, by the way, congratulations. Um, Thank you. So do you, like, by Thursday, is that, like, really when everyone kind of has their stuff together? Like, all right, the 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 wolves being kind of, like, pulled back, everyone kind of sees, like, all right, this is, this is now the at least the top five, six, seven, eight picks at this point. Um, no, I, it, it's still completely up in the air beyond, you know, the top couple of picks because, uh, you know, I was talking with a lot of team people, uh, about what the Texans were going to do at three and, you know, 40% thought they would take Evan Neal, 20% thought they would take, uh, Iki Akonwu, and then, uh, 40% thought they would take Stingley. And just based on what I was hearing, uh, Stingley uh, was kind of the most convincing one to me. So that's who I went with. And um, But uh, beyond that, you know, the other teams, they don't know. They didn't know what the Texans were going to do. So that had a big impact on the Giants picks in particular uh, because the Giants were very interested in Stingley. Uh, and <clears throat> beyond them, uh, the Panthers, if the uh, and the Giants, there, if the Texans had taken one of the offensive tackles, that could have shaken up the tackles that they got. One might not have gotten to Seattle at nine, 
So those teams picking there, you know, in the in the middle and back half of the top ten, and they have you know Plan A and Plan B and Plan C um, because they don't know exactly what's going to happen ahead of them. Yeah, that Stingley pick was was very interesting because I originally thought it was going to be uh, a tackle to, t- to Houston, and then as the week got closer, I was talking to some people, and I saw. Also, I saw when when you officially changed. I was like, all right, it's, it's happening. That's usually how I know if it, a pick's getting locked. If I hear from enough people, and then I see that you've also done it, I'm like, all right, this this is in. Uh, that happened to me back in 2018 during the the Barkley draft when uh, you know we were talking uh, back then too, and. They were tossed like it's gonna be Barkley, it's gonna be Darnold, and on that Thursday you switched it over to Barkley, and I, I never wanted to drink so early on a Thursday, in my life, when I saw the Giants were actually gonna take Saquon Barkley. We, we saw how that ended up. Uh, honestly, neither Sam, Sam Darnold or Saquon Barkley ended up being what we what we wanted to be. But um, sticking on Stingley for a second, because he's an interesting case study. Only one real year of production, uh, and then just fighting through injuries for the last two seasons. The, the, the talk was always that you know, college players had to stay uh, in college for three years past high school because they just were not ready to go to the draft. We're seeing a lot of players who have were just skipping years, uh, whether it was because of COVID or injury, who were still getting picked very high. Uh, do you think that the old way of thinking of players need to be out of high school for three years before they get drafted is uh, kind of the old way of thinking, or is that really still, like, are these really just outliers and, like, everyone else really needs three years, but the Derek Stingleys and Jamar Chases of the world, they're oh, they're just not like everybody else. Yeah, I think, you know, we, typically you can have some kind of guys that are freaks of nature where they uh, definitely have the ability to go from high school to the NFL. Uh, Stingley, the way he played as a freshman, obviously uh, had that ability, but other guys like Jadavion Clowney or Miles Garrett who go into the SEC and as freshmen, they're pushing for double-digit sacks and uh, are, you know, clearly have an NFL body already. You know, we have, you have a freak of nature like that every few years, um, but, you know, these players, the, the overall majority, you know, they need that time. They need at least three years, four, maybe even five. We see guys develop late, like Joe Burrow or Kenny Pickett. Um, guys develop uh, at, you know, it's, real, it's not a, a rule for everyone. Everyone's different. Some guys just develop later. Their bodies can change so much. Uh, from what they were putting on tape as a 20-year-old uh, sophomore to a 22-year-old senior or, you know, however you want to adjust those years. That's those years in the weight room and strength and conditioning programs can really, uh, you know, change players physically late as they go through college. So, yeah, we have some freaks that could go from high school to the NFL uh, every few years, but the vast majority uh, they still need that developmental time. I want to wrap up with quarterback here. Um, I know we we spoke uh, after the first round of the draft this year, um, and, and you were saying that, and, and kind of like what, what I thought as well, the media was really you know, hyping up this quarterback class, uh, even though everyone kind everyone knew this was a weak class, at least especially at the top. Uh, 
every media member seemed to have like a guy they loved and they just kept pushing him into the first round, even if they had no business being in the first round. Uh, and what we ended up seeing was this monumental slide. Uh, Kenny Pickett goes in the, it goes to Pittsburgh, which we all kind of expected Pittsburgh to take a quarterback. But after Pickett, we saw guys going, Malik Willis going in the third round, Sam Howell going in the fifth round. What was the consensus around the league around this quarterback class? Because it seemed like it went from highly overvalued to severely underrated in just like 72 hours. Well, I think it was just that the the media falsely inflated a lot of guys, um, but the, the teams really weren't buying it because they had backup grades on these quarterbacks, and then they, you know, in my final mock, I had one quarterback going in the first round and the others all sliding well into day two, uh, and we saw, you know, them do that with day two and mid-round uh levels and that's because they were getting backup grades that's where teams are drafting backups backup players so uh the teams really were uh, throughout the draft process were consistent in their messaging that this isn't a good quarterback class a lot of these guys are getting graded as backups uh and then i think the media just didn't really uh use their ears as much as they use their mouth and that's where you know, they push guys up, they need something to talk about, they, uh, you know, show some highlights and think that that's kind of how the player plays down in and down out, um, but that's not the case. So, yeah, definitely uh, the media was way off in this one, and these guys just were getting backup grades, and that's where they went uh, in the day two and mid-rounds. Do you find it to be a, a common issue with media uh, now? When I first met you, I asked you, you know, how you go about your mock drafts. Uh, and you were always very adamant that what you think about a player does not matter. It, it's really all about what, what the team uh, thinks about a player. Do you think too many media members who are trying to do mock drafts uh, are thinking as themselves as GMs before thinking about how teams are viewing these players? Yeah, I think so. I think they are to inserting their own opinion too much uh, in, in what they think teams are going to do and where they have players. And then I think it's also uh, that they, they listen to the other media echo chamber. So um, they are talking to team people and really getting a real sense of where teams are valuing guys. So they, you know, they watch ESPN and read some, uh, draft sites and reports and then and base opinions off of that. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just not how NFL teams do it. So I think that leads to a lot of the draft surprises for the media because they're not that plugged in to where teams are valuing these guys. Charlie, my friend, I appreciate it, man. And it's always good uh, talking to you. It was great seeing you this year after not seeing you for a full year because of COVID, but, uh, Thanks for taking the time, man. It's always good to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Good talking with you. All right, and that was Charlie Campbell. Uh, if you want to catch his work, you can go on Twitter. It's at DraftCampbell, or you can go to WalterFootball.com. Uh, if you are a draft junkie like I was and still am, WalterFootball.com is 
by far the best website to to use. They are just so ahead of the curve, and they're doing mock drafts. That I'm sure Charlie already has a two round mock draft for 2023 out already. That that's the kind of work these guys do. Um, and also, Charles is a great dude. I've yet to meet Walt. I, I've always wanted to meet Walt, but I haven't. We just haven't been in the same area. I, I will eventually meet Walt, uh, uh, hopefully. Um, what I want to finish on today is is the QBs. When I started watching the QBs and started doing the evaluations for them, I knew this draft was uh, a bit overvalued, even though it was being talked about as a weak class. It was definitely overvalued. There were a lot of mocks from people that I trusted, not Charlie, um, that had two, three, occasionally four quarterbacks in the first round. And almost all of them had five quarterbacks in the top 50. And I thought that was uh, that was a little nuts, a little crazy. Um, and then as the draft went along, quarterbacks just started to fall. You know, Kenny Pickett went 20, which was uh, expected. I, I did say Malik Willis um, in my draft. Uh, looking back, I probably should have thought Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett was my QB1. Uh, and I was trying to not think like me, um, but there were there were enough signs pointing to Pickett that I probably should have realized it was going to be Pickett. Uh, but the big thing was Atlanta, Carolina, not taking quarterback. And what I ended up hearing was Atlanta was not didn't really love any of these guys, and definitely did not like Malik. Which um, I think Malik Willis got some uh, unjustified hate this week. Now, I, I understand his limitations. I do. Um, but he is not a third-round quarterback. He is a back-end-of-the-first-round, top-50 quarterback. His athleticism, his arm strength, uh, the kind of person he is, that would usually warrant a top-50 pick. The fact that he dropped all the way down the third round to the Titans, where he was a third quarterback off the board. That is crazy to me. Crazy. Yes, there are problems in his game. And we talked about him with Seth Galeen on the first episode. Um, you know, He's not great outside of structure. He's great outside of the pocket when it's planned. Uh, but outside of structure, he makes some very bad plays. His accuracy is not great. His um, ability from a clean pocket, not great. But his upside is up there with any quarterback that I've watched. The fact that he went as low as he did is crazy. I really thought that he would be a, a if he didn't go in the first, I really thought he'd be a top 50 pick. When he didn't go in the first, and I was talking to a few friends in the industry uh, Thursday night, I really thought he was going to be gone by 40. The fact that he was almost there in the fourth round is nuts. Uh, Desmond Ritter goes before Malik. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Um, and then Matt Corral drops, and then uh, Bailey Zappi going before Sam Howell. Uh, I, I like Zappi a lot. But Sam Howell, another one that unjustified hate, he, he had to totally change his game from... 2020 to 2021, when he lost 
all of his playmakers, he had to become a serious runner. The man broke a thousand yards for the first time last year, and he wasn't even close the year before that. Like he was always a good runner, but he had to be the offense in twenty twenty one, and he did a pretty good job. Uh, I kind of figured he wouldn't be a first round pick. I, I thought his toughness might land him in Detroit. Um, but the fact that he went in the fifth round, that's that's another one that just did not make sense to me. I think in the end, we will look at this quarterback draft as not being overvalued, but actually criminally undervalued. Because these players, although they may not be high-end starters, all pros, I think all five of these quarterbacks that I mentioned, and, and then also Bailey Zappi on top of that, are guys that could be backups for a long time. For a long time. And I think Kenny Pickett will be a starter. I think Sam Howell could be a starter. And I think Malik Willis could also be a starter. So the fact that you have these guys with those kind of upsides and the, potent, the, the potential longevity, in the end, I think we're going to look at this as, as severely undervalued. Uh, most of them going a full round later than they probably should have. Uh, all right, guys. Um, that's it for today's episode. Uh, my wife says I need to come up with a catchphrase or a way to end it. I ha- I can't think of shit. So uh, if you can think of something, let me know. Um, you can DM me or tweet at me, or if you're a friend of mine, you can just fucking tell me. Um, not good with catchphrases. I'm not good with naming things. This is so, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is. But anyway, uh, starting next week, I think we're going to start doing um, uh, redrafts for a bit until we start getting back into the swing of the uh, of the season, which will probably be right around July when we do uh, we start looking at at uh, fantasy and then of course the tr- into training camp and also college football because uh, it's not just an NFL podcast. We will talk about college ball. We will talk occasionally about some about some recruiting and high school ball, um, but for the next little bit. We'll talk about um, redrafts, and I'll talk about where where teams missed and, and how how they missed. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of research and um, and uh, reevaluations of players, so that'll be fun to talk about. I hope you hope you join me uh, when I do it. But for now, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the first real week of the off season. If you are somebody that's in football media, really hope you enjoy this first real week off. smoke some meat smoke a cigar drink some alcohol and and enjoy your time with your family Uh, because i know this is this is the first week when i really get a chance to breathe so i'm sure it's the same for all of you so uh hell hell of a 2021 season we are now fully on to 2022 and i'll see you next week